I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal. You're going in for a problem. You're losing some energy, but nothing for you. You could ask yourself the question, do I feel lucky? Quit asking. I'm not going to take this anymore. This is the Brian Suits Show. So, while you were all sleeping, hope your beauty sleep is pretty good there. Ours is fine. Thanks for asking. I am 770 KTH. Brian Suits here with the news that overnight, because of a filibuster, and I thought even filibusters, they, they, I guess the guy who has the floor keeps the floor. But anyway, uh, they did pass a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan without border security provisions while most Americans were still asleep because they're going to do the border security thing separately. And, and the, the, they're trotting out the, uh, the other talking point. Well, that's hypocritical. Now they're asking for that after they rejected the most sweeping, strong, powerful border bill in 30 years, which is not true. It just it was not true. But anyway, but the, but the House will shoot it down. And that that's what Republican House Speaker John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky, um, uh, said, basically. And uh, we we go we go live two hours ago to old guys, old men without sleep. A large majority of Vermonters who have contacted me and shared their dismay must be stopped. The other provision in the supplemental I strongly support is funding for the humanitarian aid for Palestinians and for humanitarian catastrophes That's, around the globe. Um, a large majority of Vermont. The other, Bernie, Bernie is senator from Vermont, right? He's the one senator. This is the other bald old white guy. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know where. He seems like a nice fellow. Yeah. The Ber, Bernie officially on the ballot says independent, but he caucuses with the Democrats, and then he runs for president as a Democrat. Is that uh, Peter Welch? Is it? I, I don't know. Uh, let me tell me. Let me cut him in half and count the rings. So uh, anyway, he's but he's very old, and so that that passed. There's that, and so the bureaucratic maneuver is called discharge, and that is that the Senate can I- impress upon the House uh, a Senate bill. It can it can get to the floor without going through the Speaker. I, I, I'd never heard of it till today. I'm I'm gonna Google it. I I promise you. Uh, but uh, that's a way, and they're thinking at that point, get that in front of the Republicans and it'll pass or something. I kind of beg to differ uh, on that, but uh, we'll we'll see. So there's a special election in Long Island for the, the Jorge Santos district that uh, was opened up because he was kicked out because he was corrupt as hell and, and a inveterate liar and uh, the uh, the entire thing. And it's because there's a gigantic snowstorm hitting your your New York area, the particular area there on Long Island. Apparently, when it snows, only Republicans get out. So, so uh, this is proof that God's a Republican or something. Because they were saying that you know it was lucky he won it. He had he had to lie. You know, nothing on his resume was true, and they're only going to elect someone who really was on the men's volleyball team. And so the Republican is a black woman, a minority woman, is a Republican, believe it or not, and she's an immigrant. And uh, they're saying it probably affects because the the mail-ins are done. Uh, today's my my election day, by the way. Do, do you have a uh, ballot sitting in your in your car? 
No? Uh, I think it's on my kitchen counter. And I will be hand delivering it to. I mean, for this, I got to say this. This is not a weighty election. I can just drive through the parking lot of my local school and put it there. So there's going to be a complete lack of suspense. Even my suspense music, which only goes like this now. Um, but that's you. You tell you that. So uh, on this day in 1950, Peter Gabriel was born. No kidding. Not a joke. Uh, when I saw that trending, I thought, is he, did he croak? Because, I mean, he's 74 now, right? And and he still wants to be your sledgehammer. Yeah, and, and but besides that very faddish song, I really don't have visibility uh, on, on the chat. But he did... He did sit down with the BBC in 1983. For me, it's something of a of a dream machine, and that I always fan- He's talking about, this is almost like the Brian Gumbel, Katie Couric, what's the internet thing? What's the he's, at symbol all about? He was absolutely one of the first tech guy, one of the first guys that treated a keyboard like it was a, a rock instrument. Decised about something which you could take any real-world sound and manipulate it uh, and put it in your music. I mean, one's always had the possibility of doing that with tape, but uh, it's tremendously long-winded effect. Well, thanks for Flock of Seagulls, Mr. Jerky McJerkface. Can you explain what Internet is? And then he does. Uh, they found a man in Federal Way in the middle of the road. But if you're saying, get out of the way, man, uh, he was already dead. So police are sifting for clues, uh, just like they found a man dead at Yesler Terrace. Uh, right outside the Seattle Men's Chorus, which had suffered two break-ins. So it would seem like there's a serial break-in crime streak or something in Yesler Terrace here in Seattle. Um, And uh, meanwhile, by the way, for those of you, you know, people say for a guy that lives in the South, in America's County, you don't do a lot of uh, service to the South Sound area. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm as shocked as the next guy. Even if the next guy is Jack the Ripper, that there was a stabbing in Point Defiance Park, because that's that's a it's an it's an urban oasis is what it is. I mean, it's a you know in in an urban area in a troubled urban area, such as your Tacoma, such as Point Defiance is great, uh, great roads, great trails, and so now people now fear stalks the land. They've temporarily put surveillance cameras up in Point Defiance. Uh, but uh, it, it just seems like an odd place to be randomly stabbed. Because, I mean, you, in other words, you have to put some effort into going to the place where you're going to stab. It's just uh, just, uh, just odd, uh, I, I tell you. Well, um, so this is going to be, evidently the Supreme Court is going to answer Trump's request to delay the January 6th, uh, thing today, and we, we may get a result today, may not. If you're holding your breath for the Atlanta hearing, well, they're about to kick the DA off of that case. Um, and the one, the one where he's always at the courtroom in New York, that's already been adjudicated. That was the, and I'm not talking about the Eugene Carroll libel one i mean the other one that that he uh overvalued property that he was selling and he undervalued property that he owed property tax on like you know everybody and uh but the supreme court thing i i i rather sense 
there will not be live feeds of the mic uh, this time, like there was uh, uh, last week. Not, not quite sure. So that's your update, as far as I know, about the, the Trump thing. Well, um, that Korean uh, reporter that we could not understand the question to John Kirby, she did finally get the question out. And boy, was it a hard one because uh, she's, she was yelling. If you've ever met a Korea to South Korea, and you, maybe you do something wrong, uh, and 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 you get a street sweeper or a, a hotel worker yelling at you in the Korean fashion. It's uh, life changing. And so anyway, he got that. As the president, is, uh, the White House is message to Netanyahu, who defies every democratic president, whether it's Clinton, Obama, or Biden. And you know that this is a fact. You think that they're not listening to you, or they believe they can get away with it. So As what the pressure are you putting on? That's what okay. So what she asked is a pretty uncomfortable question. It was. Netanyahu defies every Democratic president. You know, why, why is this guy any different? And he doesn't want to answer this. Is, uh, the White House is message to Netanyahu, who defies every Democratic president, whether it's Clinton, Obama, or Biden. And you know that this is a fact. You think that they're not listening to you, or they believe they can get away with it. So as what the, pressure are you putting on them? That's what my question to you. As the president said yesterday, too many uh, of the uh, many thousands of people killed in the Gaza conflict have been innocent civilians, too many. And we have been very, very clear about our concerns with our Israeli counterparts about that. Um, and I can't verify the specific numbers that you're giving me, but I also am not here to refute them. Too many is too many. Um, and that's why we're gonna so keep- So anyway, he's justifying dictating the tactics of how to win a war, which uh, Israel is about to do and his feet are being held fire. And that's an uncomfortable truth, by the way. Netanyahu had utter contempt for Bill Clinton. <clears throat> his attitude towards Obama uh, probably brought this, the Arabs and the Israeli government closer together than anything else. Their mutual contempt for Obama. When they got together, they pointed to Obama and they said, this guy, right? The fun fact that was never reported in, in the by the Daily Show by Jon Stewart uh, but now you get Obama 2.0 because Netanyahu dealt with Biden between uh, 2009 and 2017. The when, when, Funny how I can remember when he was vice president. <clears throat> and they just don't want to answer this. And also, by the way, in other words, what what is Biden giving marching orders to Netanyahu saying, hey, Ceasefire, hold off on this last city in Gaza, in Rafa. And um, and by the way, what, what about the American hostages? Because it seems like Hamas has killed most of the hostages and they're going to blame it on IDF because their last political win are, are to be the hostage takers who have their hostages killed by the aggrieved party, by the family. They want their, their loved ones freed as hostages. And now that they have just freed two more men, men in their 50, one guy was in the 50s, one guy in the 60s. Now it's kind of, it's hard intellectually to defend telling them, hey, hold up on this because they're freeing hostages. They wouldn't be there if Hamas had not taken hostages. And so this is all very embarrassing to an administration that that wouldn't know victory if they looked at it because that's what the Israelis are about to uh, to have. Keep working with our Israeli counterparts to, to do everything we can to get them to reduce the number of civilian casualties. And they have been receptive. I, I, I understand that, that 
that there's still civilian casualties, and that's unacceptable. But they have been receptive to— uh, We accepted it. We've accepted it in every war since the, the Civil War. I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And also, by the way, that's why that sounds like such a fraud. So there were civilian, we emptied Fallujah. There were still civilian casualties. And there was a certain amount that we agreed would be acceptable. You know, a million would be unacceptable because why are there a million civilians in Fallujah? They wanted to get the hell out. Unlike, and, and we weren't forcing them to stay in because we weren't Hamas. And so that's, that's the difference. And the word unacceptable needs to take a well-earned timeout. Maybe for the rest of 2020s. Let's let's bring unacceptable back in 2031 after the great global reset happens or whatever. Uh, after the Alaska pox, so wh whoever's alive after the Alaska pox, uh, see on on the other side. You can you can use uh, unacceptable. Tonight, health officials in Alaska are confirming the first fatal human case of a rare virus known as Alaska pox. Now, where do you think they came up with that name? You know, COVID, as you'll recall, is coronavirus identified 2019. So COVID-19. But what a mystery. Where'd they come up with this name? An elderly patient dying from the virus first identified in Fairbanks back in 2015. Seven cases detected since then. Symptoms include rashes, fevers, skin lesions. They believe it is related to smallpox and monkeypox, the virus spread by small animals to humans. Health officials say there are no documented cases of human-to-human -human transmission, and they've only seen this in Fairbanks so far. Well, not, a, not an ADAC, not an Egegic, not in Dutch Harbor. So in other words, don't worry about it. It's a new thing called pox, and we're going to lead the news with it. And and and, and it, it's killed a guy. But then again, COVID had to start somewhere, and it it originally killed a guy. So uh, <clears throat> there's uh, there's that. I got we got to got to spread the news about um, about Alaska pox on on that one. And <clears throat> uh, all right, so. John Stewart is back, and he's getting lambasted by the left, which is his demo audience. His core audience are young lefty people. Like when he left two thousand uh, in nine years ago, you know he was the toast of uh, left left media. And I I would say the Daily Show was funny, but it's single handedly more responsible with the dumbing down of the news. And oh, absolutely, and, yeah, and and and. Pre-packaging the news uh, as little little anecdotes with the punchline, and that that folks, here's the thing. Oftentimes the news is not funny. It, it ain't funny. Nothing funny about it, and not, not a lot of Gaza jokes uh, uh, about that. And uh, well, let's yes, Mark John Stewart's return to the Daily Show, but let's also preface it. Uh, by playing a clip from Biden making his debut on TikTok because Jon Stewart did mention this. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. And I say she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? You get in trouble if I told you. See, they're, oh, it's hilarity. They're, 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 they're making light of the evil Brandon meme. The the uh, When Biden spoke at the 
at Freedom Hall in Philadelphia, and it was all lit by red floodlights, and he looked uh, he looked ominous or, or whatever. And so Stewart's first extended monologue on The Daily Show in about nine years, he starts by talking about, lo and behold, uh, Joe Biden's age. Well, he starts by a montage of Trump mistakes from that sure. deposition, right? So, right, he, right? so he's on brand. He's denouncing Trump. He missed the entire Trump you know, administration, the whole thing. So he's got time to make up. So it feels like the old Daily Show. And the lefty audience is going with it. Then he switches to the real old man. And the audience is really, really uh, uncomfortable about it. And he's talking about the press conference from Thursday, whereas Biden slam dunked the, I denounce this, my memory is as sharp as ever. How dare this guy not charge me because I'm a forgetful elderly man. I, I can be charged with the best of them. And that's effectively what he's saying even today. And so he starts walking away, and then a reporter says, well, uh, what about Gaza and Israel? And he starts answering, and he goes back to the mic. And from that point forward, that's where it all went sideways. That's where he got angry at Peter Ducey and the whole thing. So that's what John Stewart is getting denounced for today, is making fun of the liberal uh, Democrat president who's lost his marbles. Biden was not about to take the special counsel's characterizations lying down, although chances are he was lying down. When... <laughs> the point is this. Okay, they're, they're not laughing. That's an age joke. Okay, so I, I'm going to hold their feet to the fire. The audience is laughing at that because he's a funny, doddering old man. Biden was not about to take the special counsel's characterizations lying down, although chances are he was lying down. When... <laughs> the point is this. To the press conference, Batman! My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? I know what the hell I'm doing. I'm president. I put this country back on its feet. Well, no, I did not say that. Okay. okay. He did not say that. But Mr. President, what are the, let me okay. answer your question. Many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. <laughs> Boom! He so Biden starts walking away from the podium, and it looks like, you know what, he, he was angry enough. He, he looked crotchety at that point anyway. But at that point, you would be waving and saying, just, you know, come on in. Just just end it right now. Don't go back to the mic. Took them to the house. He was all over it. Joe Biden taking names, kicking ass, press conference over. You didn't mess up. You didn't. No, no, no. Don't. Saying he's he's giving him a tongue bath because that's that that's not the reaction to, to that press conference. But uh, that's not why the left hates him today. It's because of this. Part. Stop. Wait. Hold on. Hold on, sir. Don't. No, you killed this. Take the W. What are you doing? Do not go. Allow me to present to you a one man show about what Joe Biden's advisors were doing when he turned around and went back to the podium. So, see, the joke is about the advisors, not about Biden. So, I mean, his, the reports of his uh, Biden mocking have largely been exaggerated. The show is called No! <laughs> Do not go back! <laughs> Please, but he went back! <laughs> I'm of the view, as you know. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> I was wondering, well, what's their line? Well, if 
you haven't seen the guy in nine years. There's an entire generation of lefties, the ones that are shutting down I-5, saying from the river to the sea, or shooting up a Joel Osteen church with a uh, with an AR-15 with a Palestine sticker on it, and you you don't know his shtick. And I mean, if if he had done this shtick during the Obama administration, because he he took eight years and didn't touch Obama. Uh, as if the guy was perfect and anointed and the whole thing. He spent eight years with Bush and made his entire career based on that. So, I mean, uh, so that's what they're they're mad about is that he made fun of Biden at all. And part of it was, you know, because of his age and and the whole thing. How dare dare they? Full of energy and on top of it, really in control and leading. You should film that. (laughs) That would be good to show to people (laughs) instead of a TikTok. Where he goes, the point he made was, well, if you're going to get all these people swearing up and down uh, that he's that he's with it and he is uh, lucid, then where's that tape? Uh, by the way, and I forget that that congressman's name, but the guy said, oh, I've been with him. And it's, it's like a seminar, like a seminar on Israeli history or, or something. It's like, well. There's no tape of that? Uh, All right, uh, back in a second. uh, Checking of your texting and a checking of the local headlines uh, and more stuff. Hey, where'd that rain at? Uh, Right after this, AM 770 KTTH. KTTH Brian Suits here. We'll do a checking of the texting. I'm looking for something that we were given a tip on at Daily Caller, but I can't find it here. Do we? Wait, is that the Shapiro thing? Or is that? No, he's Daily Wire. Daily Wire. Step with the Daily. Uh, well, uh, so anyway, according to a texter on the checking of the texting from the 858, uh, wow, not hearing this anywhere, right here in San Diego from the Daily Caller, the headline is, Feds nab Afghan illegal alien on terror watch list deemed a known associate. Arif Tanha admitted after crossing the border to being arrested in 2011 after U.S. commandos raided his family's home in Afghanistan. So um, there's so many Afghans in Tijuana. There's a mosque, by the way, for them. And so the the chances of the guy mistakenly being put on the uh, terror watch list are pretty good, but the chances of him being like a- actually a suspect are also pretty good because because of the biometrics. We we actually you know it's not like uh, kicking the door like the Spanish Inquisition when the, the United States by two thousand eight when we were doing raids high value tar- target raids. If we detained a chap, uh, we took their biometrics. We took their cornea scan. And, uh, you know, in spite of all the rumors that we were taking their soul or whatever, we're like, just stand still. Look look up there and, and cornea scan. And that gets on a data, database that 
stays. It just stays. Now, is Border Patrol doing biometrics? I, I know at Eagle Pass, Federal Border Patrol are doing it there for certain certain nationalities or ages and, and things like that. Uh, Love from Mount uh, Vernon says, our president is a Roomba. Enjoy your day. He, he, I think a Roomba, I think a Roomba would beat him in a race, wouldn't it? Depends on the day. Uh, the after room. a rest up and, uh, and the whole thing. Um, and, and again, uh, the, the, the marketing advice for, for Biden to not be on the most viewed TV show in human history is really, I mean, well, that's strategic. You knew Sunday morning. By Sunday morning, when Tay-Tay flew in from Japan, it was going to be huge. And so the idea, well, don't, they always pre-tape it anyway, right? Like O'Reilly did. Oh, yeah, heavily edited. Yeah. I mean, talk, talk about, you know, your thumb on the scale, uh, CB, plus CBS. I mean, they would have bent over backwards to make him look good. But I think that's the point. Biden didn't want to be seen by 123 million people because he's he's not running for president or anything. I mean, and they must they must know because they made that announcement by Friday. I mean, do do they know he's not going to be any good in two days? I mean, can he not rest up for a day? Have have a little early, you know, nappy poo, get to bed, and then be okay the next day. What a situation we're in. From the 206, Brian Biden is a disaster. What does it say about our choice of candidate that in the RCP average today, Trump only leads by 1% after that? Comes down to who's less objectionable, a well-meaning old man with memory issues or an obnoxious blowhard. I'm not sure the formula has changed much since 2020. And, you know, that was part of Jon Stewart's monologue last night on The Daily Show is sort of the question underlining everything is, how did we get here? And that, that's a sentiment that a lot of people are expressing and will be for the next nine months leading up to the election, unless anything changes. And it's not going to get better. And, I mean, that's why I predict maybe one half-hour debate. Because this that. is not four years ago when you know when when Trump made that joke about they give him a shot in the ass and rest him up and all that. That is what they were doing, and then he didn't come out of his basement and the whole the whole it, deal. It's risky to make any predictions in this day and age. But what's yeah. going to happen is Trump is going to tell Biden he needs to debate him and that he's a fraidy cat if he doesn't. The one problem with that is that Trump hasn't debated at all any of his Republican opponents, so Biden can just say, hey, you hid during the primary and now I'm hiding during the general election. And I don't know if they're going to go mano a mano. If, if Biden can't even handle a softball interview pre-Super Bowl, he's not going to want to take tough questions against uh, you know, his foe in the presidential election in uh, front of 253 says uh, C is pronounced she, I speak Zhongwen. Uh, they said, well, okay, but native, why is it that native Mandarin speakers say C? I, I know everyone, everyone says that's what she said and the whole thing. But, uh, but why is it when I, when I see native Mandarin speakers who also speak English are pronouncing it in, in that fashion? I have a rule about, um, uh, you know, uh, pronouncing cities and things like that the way that the natives do, the people that named it. So anyway. Texts in about reports that the Seattle police are a, quote, old boys club from the 609. Brian, of course, there's a double standard in the SPD. Just look at the PT standards and tests. Yeah, and the selection standards and all that. And, and like, you know, if you're stuck in the building and you, and I mean, it's the... 
scenario that doesn't happen anymore, but who do you want pulling you out of a burning building or or a overturned car? Uh, someone who has to pull a 60-pound uh, sandbag uh, 10 feet or someone who can pull the 200-pound sandbag 100 feet? Um, I'm just saying. Toxic mask. You know what I'm doing here? I'm spewing... <laughs> Toxic masculinity crazy juice all over the place. From the 425, I'm recently retired from SPD, and I'm a straight white female. What a ridiculous study. Of course, it's a masculine environment. I wouldn't want to work for a department that wasn't. There were some thin-skinned female and male whiners, but they're in every industry, Brian. Sigh. Uh, yeah, can confirm. Uh, 206 area code. Uh, Brian, as always, you're correct with King Abdullah and Biden. Uh, yes, uh, take your fellow uh, Arabs to Jordan with you, uh, see how far that would go, or Egypt or Saudi Arabia. Thanks again. Respect. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, again, the American media not catching on to the fact that none of the Arab neighbors are stepping up to uh, take refugees, just like they weren't in 1967, because uh, there there's food chains in that part of the world, and guess who's at the bottom? Um, there's that. And also, again, for the, for the record, when the three American soldiers were killed in King Abdullah's Jordan, uh, now coming up on what, four weeks, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, there was no air defense that could have shot that drone down. So no matter what the, and the, and they, so anyway, they blustered and it went away. The, the entire question has not been asked by any network uh, to Lloyd Austin uh, or John Kirby or any other press uh, spokeshole. Uh, speaking of Lloyd Austin, by the way, um, so he underwent a new medical procedure under general anesthesia, but non-surgical. So someone who's like a uh, medicine talking dude can tell me how that works. But a general, so you go into the general for a bladder problem, but it's non-surgical. This was uh, Austin's third admission since he had surgery to treat prostate cancer in December. He was criticized for not anyway. We know that, but uh, so anyway, um, so you're. Playing with the plumbing, and I guess I would want to be under a general too. That's my that's my folksy medical uh, advice uh, in general. Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay. So what is that uh, SPD story? We'll play that when we come back. It's another report that one TV outlet said rocked SPD, and I'm I, I mean, if the most salacious bits were read in the story that was played, then I'm. I'm sorry, a conversation about why don't you date, why are you single, that, that happens at the coffee machine. And, I mean, is it sexist to know if your partner uh, is, a, is a Libra or whatever? But that's something. I mean, what, if that's off limits and you are partners and you're supposed to rely on each other for your life, how is that sexist? Anyway, these questions and many more will go left unanswered in mere moments. Uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTH.
I can't vouch for the weather. I guess it also doesn't care. You know my little rule about uh, better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it? I do know that rule. T- totally violate it when it, when it comes to a rain jacket. I don't know why, but like I wear what I wear, then whatever I'm wearing inside, I just get in the car and come here, live my little life, and uh, the uh, the whole thing. That's what I did today. So if it is raining, I'm not getting out of the car. It's a sharp look. Is that, um, a, is that a vest you're wearing? It's a vest I'm wearing. Kind of remem- reminds me of what Marty McFly wears in Back to the Future. Yeah, it his kind was, of is. His was red. Yours is blue. I know. Remember like, like plaid shirt, then like an orange or red vest? <laughs> And that that was so eighties. It's it's coming back. It's making a comeback. But uh, I like it. Cause, and and by the way, folks, um, hey, clothing salespeople, if it has a Napoleon pocket, I'm buying it. Uh, it, it educate this, me on the Napoleon you know, up, pocket up here on the up, upper left chest region. Yeah, it's very French. Yeah, it's one. No, no, no. It's uh, it's I don't know why it's called that, and it's kind of a stupid name. Because it would it make a good uh, right thinking French hater not buy a document. Well, so um, how much do the NATO countries spend? Well, there is the general 2% rule that 2% of your GDP needs to be uh, NATO member nations all make payments to cover the operating expenses of the organization, and 2% of their GDP on defense should be the the goal of ensuring it's not a hard and fast rule, but we do have a list. Um, and it, it has a real cost, by the way. Poland is at the top, 3.9%, which, you know, thanks for catching up. Uh, and I don't know what, what – we don't have Sweden's numbers yet because they're not officially in uh, NATO yet. But they do pretty darn good. And they have – and Finland uh, as well. Uh, even even Greece, which is broke, is over the 3% uh, line. It goes Poland, United States, Greece, all over 3%. And then the – Baltic countries, Estonia and Lithuania, over 2.5%. Uh, the UK is way down there, barely treading water at 2%, but they do have two aircraft carriers. Uh, Germany is way down there, 1.57%. So maybe they should, you know, do their part and uh, the whole thing. Wow. And, and the the um, the human cost of this, <clears throat> by the way, is is that America makes up your problems, your, your, your gap. The, the Germans, there was a point. When Obama was president, when he was kind of talking out loud about let's all do our part, and there was one mission that NATO had to contribute to, and it was ISAF. It was the Afghanistan mission, which was officially called International Security and Assistance Force. But pretty early on, it was pretty clear that it really stood for I saw Americans fighting. And so the Germans, we we, we logistically assigned, you know— a, by 2009, 2010, uh, Afghanistan was a fairly, as, as they say, mature theater, meaning that there was a PX in every every forward operating base and, and the whole thing. And so on a day, day-to-day basis, in all the little subdivisions that Afghanistan was in, they needed uh, – they, they didn't say eight helicopters. It was expressed as um, tons of cargo capacity. And so that means like 20 tons a day. Every contingent from Denmark to Turkey, whatever, they're, they're moving stuff around. And so for America, that meant, uh, okay, well, you need the capacity to move 20 tons in a 24-hour day. That's a battalion of Chinooks, okay? So the Germans one year got that. They raised their hand and said, oh, we can do this. Yes, we have the helicopters to move the, the 10 tons per day. And so it came down to crunch time. 
and they didn't. They were short helicopters, and they said VK because they had to send. They had to send for every helicopter they sent. There had had to be a backup, and it had to be working and spare parts. So anyway, anyway, we we were left out in the cold by NATO allies many times, and you know who who made up the shortfall, the National Guard. Oftentimes, just back. I I know an Oregon. Uh, Army National Guard, you know, that came back from a long year in Iraq. They barely got all their stuff back to Pendleton. And then they were told, well, because the Germans don't have enough helicopters to go to Afghanistan, get what, guess what your, where your 2010 is going to be? And that's how it went down. Not, not well, we're going to have some, uh, you know, personal counseling or anything like that. It was pack, don't unpack. Now you're going back, but this time to Afghanistan. And... So didn't 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 make for a lot of love of NATO and all that. And then uh, one one not not friend of mine, but someone I know got back, and all their his wife had put all their all of his stuff in the garage. But this is the second second tour. All of his stuff is in the garage, and who stacked it up like that? Well, her new boyfriend, and he said, if you need a pickup to help move the stuff, I can I can give you a hand there. And by the way, I like your dog uh, and all that. So that's that's how that's your cooperation. I mean, so when Trump came along and said and 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 you know started spewing the truth about how this worked, that, that hey, why is it ever since the Cold War we've still been paying the freight on all this stuff? Uh, it, it woke him up. Um, and okay, so so he doesn't know that it's not AAA or. Uh, Homeowners Association, okay, fine. Someone will cut them straight, but it hardly is rocking NATO to its foundation or, or anything. So this is the, the SPD story. And it, so guess what? Cop culture, no matter no matter what, as that texter said, no matter what, you know, that it, if, if toxic masculinity is a sin, then who do you expect to pull you out of a car when you're on on your roof off 99. Who's going to show up and what are they going to do to open to force that door open? Probably a couple tons of uh, toxic masculinity masculinity. But anyway, what was described as a report rocking SPD yeah, Mary, the report, it's nearly 20 pages long. And tonight I spoke with the director, the uh, researcher who interviewed the women inside the department about the culture at the Seattle Police Department. Now, inside this lengthy document, it includes allegations of sexual harassment and a toxic work environment. Quotes pulled from the report recall women's experiences with the Seattle Police Department. And guess what? There's some bad ones in the report. Because uh, there's a rule of thumb that you should all remember if you're part of a toxic masculine culture like we are here at the Radio Ranch. Many common themes include masculine culture, expectations for women's and double standards. One of the interviewees said that she was, quote, in grad school and had a sergeant tell her she looked yummy in front of a bunch of officers. Another one said that she was in the car with someone when they started asking her why she was single and why she doesn't date. The researcher said that another theme. Uh, the, the rule of thumb, and there's no there's no clever rhyme or any you know r r better to have it not needed than need it not have it is uh, basically if you would be offended at a man saying that to your daughter, then you don't say it, and that's kind of the the way to go on that one. That but that being said, I, you don't I I don't I don't chalk that stuff up to toxic masculinity or masculinity or, or whatever. 
Well, it, it's a culture where, by the way, you kind of need that. You need to be in charge. Let's not make the same mistake we did with the Me Too movement, and that is uh, not all offenses are created equal. So as part of this report, some woman in the department was characterized as yummy. Yeah, that's extremely inappropriate. You don't say that. Uh, whoever did that uh, should be punished accordingly. But if in a friendly conversation, if someone says, hey, why aren't you dating anybody? If you're going to equate that with calling someone yummy, you're making a big mistake. You have to be able to differentiate things. Yeah. They're different. And I mean, uh, uh, if you do that publicly, you should publicly um, apologize and the whole thing. Because I mean, I, I gotta tell you, uh, back back in the day in music radio, you know, when you got close to your staff, it was amazingly unconventional and uncomfortable. What do you mean, close to uh, your staff? Like, like I, I mean, when when you got tied as an air staff, you know, everything is. Uh, there's no such thing as off limits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything's appropriate, and it would all end in firings in 2024. Well, things have changed. The environment has changed. I mean, it's not 1986 okay, or 1993 anymore. And life, as Thomas Sowell says, is not full of solutions, this side of heaven. It's full of trade-offs. And so one of the trade-offs here is, well, how do you get to know someone? Well, humor is a big part of forming a relationship with someone, right? But sometimes in the past that would cross the line. And so have we gone too far in our you know, language restrictions and what can and can't be joked about? Maybe, but what what's the trade-off? Well, we have an, a, a more appropriate work environment, but at the cost of maybe sacrificing some relational camaraderie between colleagues. And so, again, you kind of look for that balance. Where is that sweet spot, so to speak? Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, a downside is that when I started here years ago, that, that person... Right there, we, we used to be able to Who are you pointing talk at? freely, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. 2024, no, can, cannot. A lot of people feel like they're walking on eggshells, and I, I get that. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's your Tuesday. So uh, we, we can't do math. It's the 10th break. So stick around. The Because, you know, it, if we do three long breaks per hour at, if I do a 10-minute not-for-radio uh, podcast, then that's the 10th break. So the backstage laminate 10th break will be up um, here in a little bit. And it will be on the end game in Gaza and why we can't have, we can't say victory, can't say win, uh, and the political uh, shackles that this White House is putting on uh, Israel. Everybody knows Netanyahu doesn't have a political future in, in Israel. He just wants to win a war for his people. And if we have a president that doesn't understand that, then never mind the slurring words and the eating ice cream and the shuffling around, he shouldn't be an American president. So uh, there's that. Uh, anyway, for the Giddily Order, uh, there's weather. Pay attention to it. Also tomorrow, um, squatters are taking over homes all over the country on an industrial scale and turning them into dens of crime. There's even a real estate website just for squatters in America's epicenter of squatting, and that is Atlanta. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, tomorrow. And everyone have a good day. Drive safe. Uh, wear something reflective. Uh, drink water. And always be a good sport. Be a good sport. Always. And we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. tomorrow on AM 770 KTTH. In case I don't see you.
Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Goodbye.